This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. While we were all distracted by the spectacle of the Trump arraignment, I don't know if I'm ever going to get that image out of my mind of President Trump taking his motorcade from Trump Tower to the Manhattan courthouse and walking into that courtroom to be arrested and fingerprinted. While we were all mesmerized in this sort of morbid curiosity way, like you can't look away from a car wreck, even though what's happening before your very eyes is so grotesque, something arguably more important to the 2024 election was happening in the Midwest. And I wanna caveat this by saying a lot of the commentary surrounding the Trump arraignment had to do with, well, does this impact Trump's chances of securing the Republican nomination for president in 2024 or his overall chances of winning the general election if he secures the Republican nomination? Actually, most of the commentary revolved around that. There were a lot of people that said, it's going to guarantee that Trump wins the nomination. There were a lot of people that said, this is what the Democrats actually want because they want Trump to run in the general election because they think that they can defeat him because they already have a strategy, a playbook that they practiced in 2020 that worked. I'm in that camp. That's what I think. I think the Democrats want Trump to be the nominee because I think that they believe their 2020 playbook of electioneering and using the media to vilify Trump in the eyes of the voting public, as well as using the power of the federal government or the power in this case of the Manhattan district attorney to target Trump with the law. I think they believe that they can defeat him. So they hope that it galvanizes them. But this, this, this idea or this question is a good question. Is this going to impact the 2024 election? And if so, how? But while we were so obsessively watching all of the video footage and refreshing our phones and our Twitter feeds, waiting for every update about this unsealed indictment, something was happening in the state of Wisconsin that is going to have a greater influence over the outcome of the 2024 election than anything happening to Trump in the courtroom. The Wisconsin Supreme Court has changed demographics meaning it was conservative majority for a long time. And on the same day that Trump was arraigned in a Manhattan courthouse, the Wisconsin Supreme Court election happened in Wisconsin and conservatives lost the majority. It is now a majority liberal Supreme Court. And the woman who was elected, Judge Janet, and I have to look up exactly how to pronounce her name because I can never remember. Janet Protosawitz, Protosawitz is a crazy lady. She is a nutcase and not just nutty on your run-of-the-mill leftist social issues. Wisconsin is a pivotal swing state in presidential elections now. We have our new swing states are Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Wisconsin. You can make a completely valid argument that Hillary Clinton lost. One of the reasons that Hillary Clinton lost, one of the big reasons that she lost in 2016 was because she didn't visit the state of Wisconsin because she just ignored this gigantic state, assuming that it would go blue, assuming that she she just took for granted all the people in the state of Wisconsin. And because she didn't visit and because Trump did visit, the people in the state of Wisconsin voted for Trump and Hillary Clinton lost the election. I know, 
There's a lot of factors that went into Hillary Clinton's loss and into Donald Trump's victory, but Wisconsin, inarguably, was a huge, huge factor. Enter 2020, it becomes a massive battleground state and litigation in the state of Wisconsin over, oh, the buzzword that YouTube hates when I say election integrity has been something that other states, even swing states, have not seen to the extent that Wisconsin has. And now, we're gonna, we're gonna get into all of that, don't worry, I'm gonna detail exactly what's happened in the state of Wisconsin in the past almost, well, two and a half years now, since the 2020 presidential election, and why some of the critical reforms that have happened in Wisconsin are on the chopping block, thanks to, essentially, I hate to call out my own here, but Republicans messing up this Supreme Court election in Wisconsin. What did Republicans do wrong? How are we making the same mistakes over and over again? And how can we avoid making these mistakes in 2024? Because I gotta tell you guys, it was devastating enough to lose the midterm elections, or I know we technically won the 2022 elections because we won more seats. We did not experience the red wave that we wanted to experience, that many of us, including me, inaccurately predicted that we would experience. Why was that? a multitude of factors. It's easy to play Monday morning quarterback and look back and say, oh, okay, this is why we lost 2022, but we didn't learn any lessons from 2022, from those midterm elections. Those same mistakes were made again by Republicans in the state of Wisconsin, and it led to this massive loss that could impact the outcome of the 2024 presidential election. So we are going to break all of these details down because my friends, we cannot afford to be making these mistakes. And these aren't mistakes that we have to be making. We can do better. We can win these elections and we must. So let's get to it. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so the Wisconsin election, let me just paint a little scenario for you here. The Wisconsin election plays into this. So we have President Trump indicted in the Manhattan courthouse by a wildly partisan prosecutor by the name of Alvin Bragg, a man who was funded by George Soros to the tune of $1 million, whose deputy is so radically leftist that she believes in what's called restorative justice, where you have the criminal meet with the victim to try to humanize the victim in the eyes of the criminal. Imagine how traumatizing that would be for the victim to be part of the rehabilitation of the person who maybe violently assaulted you, maybe murdered a family member of yours. This horrible philosophy, and Alvin Bragg hired, the woman's name, by the way, his assistant, his deputy, is Meg Reese. 
He hired her specifically because of her views on restorative justice. Restorative justice is the phrase used by George Soros. This is how he picks these progressive prosecutors that he funds if they believe in restorative justice. They don't believe in incarceration. They don't believe that that heals societal ills. Meg Reese, Alvin Bragg's deputy, doesn't think we should call criminals, quote unquote, bad dudes. She thinks that's harmful to their rehabilitation. Okay, okay. So in this scenario, Trump is indicted. The weaponization of the government aimed at the political enemy of Joe Biden is obvious to everyone. We're talking about Mitt Romney, who literally voted to impeach President Trump. We're talking Justin Amash, who ruined his political career by insanely going after completely normal things that President Trump was doing as president. Even these two virulent never-Trumpers are calling this political targeting. They are condemning what the Democrats are doing, what Joe Biden, probably Joe Biden, right? It's almost without a doubt that some member of Joe Biden's administration, probably someone in the Department of Justice or some shadow intermediary was in contact with Alvin Bragg's office because they want Donald Trump to be indicted. They want Donald Trump to be prohibited from running for office. So people are obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with this. You're obsessed with this. We're all obsessed with this. The Democrats are obsessed in a little bit of a different way. They're obsessed in the Trump derangement syndrome version of this, but it's mesmerizing to watch the Democrats act like third world dictators to turn our nation into a banana republic. It's exactly as I said before, it's like watching a car wreck. You know it's horrible, you know people are gonna be hurt, you know it's a tragedy, and yet you can't look away because the human nature in us all is mesmerized by the grizzly. So we ask ourselves, well, how is this gonna impact 2024? This is so so exciting, this is so titillating. Is Trump going to galvanize his base to vote for him? Is this going to turn off centrists? How will this impact 2024? Meanwhile, in the pivotal state of Wisconsin, the Supreme Court is now controlled by Democrats. Why do you care about this? Maybe you're like, Wisconsin, what? What are they even known for, cheese? Wisconsin, like, don't they wear the, the, the cheese hats? That's Wisconsin. Maybe you're thinking, oh, Wisconsin, it's, it's one of the states that you know, makes the news just because it has like the highest rate of DUI or some not very edifying statistic about alcohol or alcoholism or abuse of alcohol. This is what Wisconsin is known for, football, right? Aaron Rodgers. But you're like, what? why do I care about Wisconsin? Wisconsin's in the Midwest. Wisconsin, let me tell you, let me tell you why this is an actual bigger deal than what Alvin Bragg is doing to Trump. And I'm not trying to belittle what Alvin Bragg is doing to Donald Trump, I'm not trying to dismiss it. I'm just saying, if we're strictly talking about factors that are going to influence the outcome of the 2024 election, what's happened in Wisconsin is a bigger factor than what is happening to Trump. A much bigger factor. So a Soros-funded judge by the name of Janet Protosewitz had defeated a conservative by the name of Daniel Kelly, and that is how that happened this week. And that is why Democrats now control the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So Judge Judge Soros, goodness, God forbid, Soros funds judges to the same tune, judges who embrace the same ideology as prosecutors like Alvin Bragg. Soros doesn't believe in prosecuting crime. He believes in so-called restorative justice. He doesn't believe in incarceration. He doesn't believe in our criminal justice system. This judge, who is now a justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court as of you know, the last 48 hours, is an absolute crazy lady. 
She is now going to be the deciding vote that will possibly overturn voter ID in the state of Wisconsin, that will allow ballot harvesting in the state of Wisconsin. And this is where we need to go back just a little bit. In 2020, in the lead up to the presidential election in the six months beforehand, we had a legal strategy that was constructed by the Democrat super lawyer, Mark Elias. You remember talking about him on the show. I'm sure you're all familiar with Mark Elias. Mark Elias is a crony of Hillary Clinton, but he is a, what I would call a strategic lawyer, meaning a strategic attorney. He uses his knowledge of the law to craft political strategies. How do you actually win an election? What is your strategy? It's not just going and knocking on people's doors and convincing voters to cast their ballot for you. It's a strategic organization of messaging and fundraising and advertising spends and election laws and procedures and get out the vote operations. And Mark Elias is an expert strategist for the left in doing all of that in tandem. He's like the conductor of these giant election orchestras. The problem with Mark Elias is that he's a shady character. He doesn't like our country seemingly, given what he's done, the damage that he's inflicted on it. Mark Elias was largely responsible for tricking both Democrats and Republicans into accepting universal mail-in ballots and drop boxes, round-the-clock drop boxes that are unmanned, meaning there's nobody guarding them to see that there's no shady business is happening. And the degradation of signature verification, this happened in many states across our country in the lead up to the 2020 election that summer beforehand in the name of COVID. Of course, just another example, we talked about this on the show before, but another example of the left just exploiting COVID, exploiting people's fear about COVID, saying, you know what, it's not gonna be safe for people to vote, but we really want people to vote. So let's give them an opportunity, not just to request an absentee ballot, but let's send them a ballot to their house, everyone, regardless of whether they requested it, and then they can send it back. And you know what, we won't do much signature matching because we don't have the capacity to do that. We wanna make sure people are social distanced and people can drop their ballots at a drop box. They don't have to bring it to an actual polling location. And you know what, if people feel too nervous to actually leave their house to drop it, someone else, not a family member, unrelated, maybe a political operative, can drop that ballot off for them. Where could this go wrong? Where could it possibly go wrong? Well, in Wisconsin, all of these things happened, and the outcome of the 2020 election is that Joe Biden is in the Oval Office. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. However, after the election, 
there was litigation in the state of Wisconsin, litigation that was actually very effective. And when I say very effective, there's a lot of litigation that happened after the 2020 election that went nowhere. It was litigation that was sometimes spearheaded by lawyers who didn't know what they were talking about, who were trying to grandstand, who didn't understand what they were litigating, and it, it didn't work. It wasn't effective. They failed. But in Wisconsin, the post-2020 election litigation was very effective. So we're back in Wisconsin, in the Midwest, in the middle of winter, post-2020 presidential election. Joe Biden is in the Oval Office as a result of that election. And in Wisconsin, they had round-the-clock drop boxes that were not manned. They had universal mail-in ballots. They had a degradation of signature verification. And because of that, they had a lawsuit. They had a lawsuit that reached all the way up to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that what happened in the 2020 election was not lawful. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that drop boxes that were unmanned were against the Constitution of the state of Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that you must return your ballot to a human being, to a person, and not to a Dropbox conveniently located in Democrat strongholds around the state of Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Supreme Court said that what happened in 2020 was not only unlawful, but if that happened again, even in an election as significant as a presidential election, then the results, the next time it happened, should it happen again, would render that election invalid. The standard, as you know, the bar for overturning a presidential election is extraordinarily high. We as a country have accepted the idea that even if there is something wrong with a presidential election, as long as it is not completely corrupted, we don't overturn the results because the result of overturning a result or the consequence of overturning the result of a presidential election would destabilize our country. So the bar to overturn a presidential election must be so high that even some hanky-panky is dismissed. We let some hanky-panky go because it's better for people to have faith in the system and for there not to be civil unrest. That's what we've decided as a nation, but the Wisconsin Supreme Court issued the strongest ruling on election integrity as related to the 2020 presidential election that I've ever seen. The Wisconsin Supreme Court that now has fallen to the hands of the left, has fallen into the hands of a justice who is funded by George Soros. The litigation that I mentioned in Wisconsin that has reached the level of the Supreme Court is not over. There are other lawsuits that the Wisconsin Supreme Court has yet to rule on. We're talking voter ID. We're talking ballot harvesting. We're talking issues that were harnessed by the Democrats in the 2020 election and the months beforehand that arguably gave them the advantage they needed to get Joe Biden into the White House. These are strategies the left brags about, strategies the left is proud of. And Republicans gave it all away. Republicans in Wisconsin, and not just it's not just Wisconsin Republicans, by the way, I'm not blaming voters. 
I'm blaming the Republican apparatus. How did we let this happen? How did we not recognize how serious, how critical, how pivotal Wisconsin is to 2024? Are we not just past our recovery phase for what happened in 2022 when we didn't see the red wave that we so desperately wanted to see? Did we learn nothing? Nothing at all. So this is the picture that I paint. So let's talk about this woman, Janet Protosewitz. She's an absolute crazy lady. I would argue that she's worse than Alvin Bragg because Alvin Bragg is also kind of pathetic. He's also kind of just a, a weird loser type of guy. Janet Protosewitz ran on three things. She ran on fairness for all, she ran on public safety, and she ran on abortion rights. Now, the first two parts of these, fairness for all and public safety, sound great. They sound fine. They sound very neutral. And she did not explain what she meant by either of those two things. She just said those terms to voters and let voters infer that, oh, those sound like positive things. She must be someone I can trust. I'll vote for her. But what she actually means by fairness for all is she means that she's against voter ID and she means she is pro-ballot harvesting. That's what she means by fairness for all when it comes to election integrity, which is, which is what you should care about even if you don't care about Wisconsin. Maybe you don't care about state laws in Wisconsin, but this we have to care about. By public safety, she means no jail time for child rapists. This, this sounds really hyperbolic and it's not. I'm gonna read to you part of a ruling that she once issued at part of a sentencing. This is, this is a transcript from a sentencing of a man who raped a child. This is what she said. She said, are you a danger to the public? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that you did anything other than engage in a crime of opportunity. And hopefully, you've learned your lesson. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Can you imagine running on fairness for all and running on public safety, and yet this is the way that you conduct yourself? This is the way that you serve as the arbiter of justice, ignoring the victim, treating a horrible criminal with kid gloves. But this is one of the problems that Republicans have. As they didn't say, listen, she's running on public safety and she's running on fairness for all, but let me tell you what she means by that. Republicans didn't do any of that. In fact, they didn't even counter 
her abortion rights advocacy, which was a huge part of her campaign. I'm gonna show you just a very short clip of an advertisement that she ran. It's only 15 seconds, but look at how effective this is when it comes to political marketing. Take a look at this. A prosecutor, now circuit court judge, Janet Protasewicz. On the Supreme Court, I'll be a common sense judge. I'll protect public safety. I believe in a woman's freedom to make her own decision on abortion. It's time for a change. 15 seconds was all it took for her to get that talking point in. And what did a woman's freedom to make her own choices about abortion? Of course, I can repeat all the talking points here. What about the freedom of an unborn woman not to be killed by an abortionist's forceps? What about the fact that it's two different people, the mother and the baby? This isn't just about a woman's body. It's about two people, a distinct individual child inside the mother's womb. This is all it takes. This is all Republicans have to do. They say, listen, the majority of the American people think abortion is immoral. All they need is a strong advocate to say, you know what, it's okay to publicly say that. You don't have to, you don't have to caveat your um, pro-life views by saying I'm personally pro-life, but I feel obligated to be uh, quote unquote pro-choice politically. There are a lot of people in our nation who feel that way. And one of the reasons is because politicians in the Republican Party don't have the guts and the gumption and the moral fortitude to come out and say, listen, no, we all think that abortion is wrong. Studies show that most people, even people who are so-called pro-abortion, even people who are so-called pro-choice, think abortion is wrong. They just need leadership in the political class and obviously in this, in the, in their faith lives and obviously in their families, but they need politicians to take a leadership role and say, oh, if you're pro-life personally, you're correct, you know that this is wrong, you know it's killing a baby, and therefore you should stand up for that politically, and that's what I do. But Republicans are afraid to talk about abortion. They're afraid because the strategists and these paid advisors who are like the shadow apparatus behind Republican elections aren't really Republicans. They're at best centrists. Most of them are just outright liberals, and they give bad advice. They control politicians and campaigns and talking points and narratives and advertising strategies, and they're not pro-life. They don't want to be, they don't want these campaigns to be about abortion because they are not really against abortion. And so when women are told lies about abortion, if they're not as politically savvy as you are, if they're not as politically savvy as I am, if they don't for a living or for a hobby, know all of the talking points and all of the responses to, to pro-abortion activism, then it's easy to be, it's easy to fall prey to the narrative of the other side. It's easy to think, oh my gosh, I've had a miscarriage and it was the most horrendous, heart-rending experience and it was so physically difficult. What if I'm not able to get the medical care that I need? Should that happen to me? That's what the Democrats are telling women. It's not true, it's a lie. There is not a single pro-life law in the nation that comes even close to denying women access to medical care following the death of their unborn child. That's a horrendous accusation to make, but Republicans don't say that. Republicans don't say anything when, when Democrats pretend that abortion is freedom. Abortion is the opposite of freedom. Abortion is oppression and death for the child and lifelong trauma for the mom. And I know I'm talking about abortion now and I'm sure I'm gonna lose. You know, we always look a little behind the scenes here. We always look throughout uh, episodes that we do at um, what you guys like to hear about, right? We have this, we have this um, 
the software that allows us to see how many people are watching at a certain point and when there's a spike of viewers and when viewers drop so that we can see, listen, that resonated with viewers. You want to hear more about that. You know, you didn't really like this. That doesn't interest you. Uh, Liz talked too long here. Liz should have talked longer here. We have the software that we analyze very closely in order to structure these shows in the most informative way possible, but also the most interesting way possible because it's both politics and entertainment. And I got to tell you, whenever I talk about abortion, we see just a little dip in viewership because some of you dip out. Some of you are like, I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to talk about this. Whether you're pro-life and you just find it too grotesque to listen to, whether you think social issues are uncomfortable, it's not a popular topic to talk about. And we as Republicans, we have to look at that and say, it doesn't matter. We have to say those things anyway. We can't allow the consultant's class to tell us not to talk about abortion just because it might cause a little bit of a dip in viewership. So the moral of this story is that Judge Janet Protasewicz campaigned on this lie that she believes in the freedom to abort. And Republicans did nothing to counter this narrative. Okay, so this brings us to the million dollar question. We know that this new judge, this new justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court is a disaster. We know what the implications are going to be. It's possibly going to impact the outcome of the 2024 election because all the voter integrity or the election integrity laws that have, um, or the, the litigation that secures the integrity of the elections in Wisconsin are on the chopping block now. This, this critical swing state of Wisconsin for 2024, we've just handed it over to Democrats. We've established that it's bad. I think we're all, we're all feeling the proper feelings here. We all understand that this is devastating, maybe more significant than even what's happening to Donald Trump. But why? Why did this happen? How did we allow this judge to win? Why didn't we properly fight back against this? So first we have to identify uh, the, the factors, the primary factors that went into this loss. And the first factor is fundraising. Democrats out-fundraise Republicans to orders of magnitude. Janet Protasewicz and liberal groups spent $23.3 million on this race. That includes a million dollars from George Soros. A million dollars. So think about what percentage of this spend came from Soros himself. He's a huge percentage of this. One person, George Soros. Conservatives spent only $17 million, 17 million, and Dan Kelly only spent 2 million. So conservatives, that that also means outside groups. That's a humongous difference in the amount of money that they spent. Humongous difference. $6 million Do you know what can be done with $6 million? You could plaster ads all over televisions in all kinds of swing districts in Wisconsin debunking what Janet Protosiewicz was campaigning on, talking about the sentences that she gave for for men who committed sexual assault that she doesn't think they're that bad. It was just a crime of convenience. But you're not a threat to society even though you violated this girl. But did they spend it? No, they didn't spend it. They didn't spend it on TV ads. TV ads, by the way, are incredibly effective. TV ads are perhaps an outdated mode of trying to reach, of trying to reach voters. But Proto Sewitz spent $13 million plastering people's TVs with ads like the ones I showed you a minute ago. Dan Kelly spent just shy of two and a half million dollars on TV. That's more than $10 million difference. That right there 
is like the stupidest campaign strategy that you can possibly fathom. It's like, bam, mind exploding. That that kind of disparity, that Republicans would allow that kind of disparity in their television ad spends compared to Democrats. And what this results in is a difference in voter turnout. Democrats are singularly committed to turning out voters. They recruit relentlessly to get Democrat voters to send in their ballots and cast those votes. And you wanna know the results of that singular obsession with getting people out to vote. I wanna show you a video from the University of Wisconsin this is one of the satellite schools of the University of Wisconsin. These are students. Remember, think about the context here. Democrats are so good at turning out the vote that what you are about to see is not the turnout of college students, Gen Zers, for goodness sake, for a presidential election. This is for a Wisconsin Supreme Court election. And look at this turnout. That's Thank you for voting. two lines in one hallway, and then they turn the corner. Thank you for students voting. just lining Thank both sides. Lining. I can't even keep track of how many students are standing here. This has to be, what percentage of the student body is this? Down a long hallway, and it goes on, and on, and on, and on. More students lined up. Again, the context here. Remember the context here. This is not a presidential election where you might expect young people, young people are notorious for not voting. Like my, my generation, the millennial generation could have been the deciding factor in several elections prior to when we all started turning out to vote in, in, in mass, but they just, millennials just chose not to vote. They just didn't care. They were in college. They just, they didn't, they don't, young people don't vote. They just don't show up to vote. In a presidential election, this is a Wisconsin Supreme Court election. And the school was lined with students. Why? Because Democrats are obsessed with turning out voters. They're obsessed with it. They profile who the demographics are that are likely to vote for them, and then they go fishing. They look these voters in the eye and they say, you, I want you to vote. I'm gonna show you where you can vote. I'm gonna tell you how to cast your ballot. And in this case, they actually had an app that offered to pay people in Wisconsin to recruit their family and friends to also cast their ballot in this Wisconsin Supreme Court. Look at this on the screen. This is from this is an app called Wisconsin Takes Action and it's offering, it says you could earn money to help get your friends and family ready to vote in the upcoming Wisconsin Supreme Court election. Join us and learn more here. They were offering up to 250 bucks to people. What does that mean to help get your family and friends ready to vote? They're identifying the voters that they think are likely Democratic voters and they are relentlessly recruiting them. And so what happens is the, the voter turnout for Democrats wildly exceeds the voter turnout percentage-wise for Republicans. So we have fundraising. The Democrats outperform us to an embarrassing extent. We have voter turnout, which you saw the video, again, humiliating. We have ad spends specifically on television ads that Democrats, the disparity is so great, it looks like Republicans don't even understand what a dollar is. 
Then, of course, we have the messaging. We talked about the messaging when it comes to abortion, when it comes to public safety, when it comes to fairness for all. Republicans don't message well. And this is, by the way, supposed to be the responsibility of the RNC to brand the Republican brand. But in the 2020 midterm elections, what did Republicans stand for? What was their messaging? They were just hoping to ride the waves of Joe Biden has increased gas prices, inflation's bad, you don't like him. But they didn't relentlessly debunk Democrats' talking points. They weren't base. They weren't savage. They just hoped that voters would flip their votes based on their unhappiness with Democrats. And they ignored the very powerful factor that Democrats have spent a long time cultivating, which is demonizing the Republican brand, making it impossible for even voters who are dissatisfied with Democrat policies and the outcome of Democrat policies to switch and vote Republican. Because to be Republican or to be associated with the Republican Party is to be a racist and a sexist and a bigot and xenophobic and transphobic and homophobic and all the other isms and phobias to be a hateful domestic terrorist. And we laugh about it. We kind of embrace the insults because that's what we do. But to the average everyday American voter, that vilification is effective. So voter turnout, ad spends, fundraising, messaging. And then the fifth factor the fifth reason why we lost is because once again, the Republican Party failed to focus on what's most important. Instead, we focused on what is a show trial of Donald Trump. It was a grossly unjust political prosecution of Donald Trump. Our outrage is righteous indignation. It's properly ordered. It's correct. I'm not saying we shouldn't be watching that. Of course, we're going to watch that. It's mesmerizing. Of course, we're going to speak out against it. It's wrong. It's evil. It's unjust. It's unlawful. It's something that should that comes out of the Soviet Union or communist China. All those things are true. But while the Democrats are staging that, while they're weaponizing government and creating this media circus around Donald Trump, they are very quietly taking advantage of small, seemingly small process, processes that have more impact on election outcomes than what's happening to Donald Trump in that Manhattan courthouse. And Republicans failed to notice that. Republicans were spending so much time fundraising off of Donald Trump's um, indictment, his arraignment, again, which is fine, but do it at the same time, multitask, that they neglected to understand the importance of what was happening in Wisconsin. It's not something that you can recognize the importance of the day before or two days before or a week before or a month before. You have to understand and be so immersed in this process that you see this coming before it's even happened, that you've already identified this as a must win and you pour all resources accordingly into this victory. No questions asked. And the Republican Party failed to do that. This is why Two and a half months ago, three months ago now, January, February, March, I guess it was three months ago now, three and a half months ago, I said, Ronna Romney McDaniel is not fit to run the head, uh, or not fit to run the RNC. She's not fit to be the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee anymore. She, she doesn't understand the reality of the political enemy that we face. And even after this loss in Wisconsin, this is why I came out against her. This is why I wanted Harmeet Dillon to run the RNC because Harmeet understands what's going on. She understands how important process is. She understands how critical one seat on the Supreme Court of the Wisconsin Supreme Court can be to our overall outcome of a presidential election. And instead of recognizing that, this is what Ronna Romney McDaniel, this is how she responded. Take a listen. 
else. When you're losing by 10 points, there is a messaging issue, and abortion is still an issue. And we can't allow the Democrats to define Republicans and put millions of dollars up in lies and have it go unanswered, because the lies become the truth if they go unanswered. We have to put the Democrats on the defense on this issue, talk about the fact that they support gender selection abortions and due date abortions. It was an issue in 2022. The RNC raised the flag. I'm a suburban women, woman. I know this is an issue. I hear it with my friends, with my young daughter. This is not an issue that's going away for our party in a post-Dobbs world, and we can't put our head in the sand and think it's going to heading into 2024. Okay, so here's the thing. It's not that what she said is incorrect. It's that she's not an analyst. She runs the RNC. The RNC is primarily responsible for fundraising, messaging, election strategy, and branding of the Republican brand. If Ronna Romney McDaniels actually believed what she said instead of just wanting to give some kind of insightful, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking analysis, then she would have done this. She would have said, whoa, listen, we got to win this seat. This is a non-negotiable. Here's all the money to do that. And here's what you do with the money. You push back against this pro-abortion narrative. You message two suburban women telling them that not only are the lies being told to them by Judge Janet lies, but this is the truth about abortion. You push back and spend and you get out the vote and you spend on television ads, which obviously are incredibly effective in Wisconsin. Ronna Romney McDaniel has an enormous war chest. She doesn't have to just air grievances on Fox News in the aftermath of a loss of this magnitude. She has the capacity and she has the responsibility to foresee this, to prevent this. This is why she is unfit to run the RNC. And I don't mean this personally. I don't know her. She's probably a lovely woman personally. She is not good at serving as chairwoman of the RNC. And this is why. If we don't change course, I am telling you, 2024 is going to be worse than 2022. 2024 is going to be worse than 2020. It's not just a matter of things going badly for Joe Biden and people being unhappy with gas prices and inflation and all the money that's being sent to Ukraine. It is a much bigger much more complex problem than that. And the Democrats have mastered the complexity of that process. Well, Republicans are doing what? Getting more plastic surgery? Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.